Hello there, gentle listener. This is Omen Said. And this is Nick McGill. Together, as you probably know, we are Feckless Momes. And we are here to talk, talk, tall to me, to you. <laughs> that's, that's right. We are recording this in the future of the tall, the talk tall to me progression. And we wanted to cast our voices backwards to where you are to tell you about something exciting that didn't exist when we were recording this episode, which you're about to enjoy. Yeah, so so we have a Patreon. And, and I know everybody has Patreons. Everybody has a monthly subscription. So I'm not going to sit here and beg and plead. But what we are going to do is... I'll beg and plead, Nick. Omen will beg and plead. But we're, we want to describe to you what you get with the Patreon to maybe entice you to join in the fun a little bit early uh, before, uh, rather than waiting to get to the episodes where we talk about our Patreon in the future, but that's our past, your future. That's right. At the $1 amount, you get a lovely feeling. It's it's warm. It's fuzzy. Uh, I would I would liken it to butterflies upon your chest. Yeah. And for the $5 amount, you get the real goods, sis. Oh, mercy. You get access. The big thing is you get access to our Discord. And that is where you can talk tall yourself to your heart's content along with all the other tall skulls who have subscribed. There are some lovely people literally from all over the world there who chat about Jethro Tull, their cats. Food. Tull news, Prague. Music. Not just Tull. Additional music. The episodes at hand, they tell us all the things we've done wrong. Uh-huh. You too can tell us what we've done wrong. Yeah, well, you can do that for free. Yeah. In addition to that, it also grants you access to two additional podcasts. And if that's right, if you subscribe now, you do have access to the back catalog and we'll get the new ones as they come out. I mean, what what are those what are those podcasts? Uh well, one of them is Talk Tall with me. Where uh-huh. we talk tall about the correspondence that we have from our listeners. We got so much correspondence, we had to create a whole new podcast just dedicated to that. So we talk about things from the Discord, things that people have written us. And the other one, Nick, is... Outtake Tull to me. That is my personal favorite. That is just all of the cutting room floor garbage that we could not fit into an actual podcast, but I can't throw away because it's a biohazard. So I have to do something with it. (laughs) Zero nutritional value, now with flavor, and just a little treat for you to enjoy. Don't tell your dentist. New and, what's the opposite of improved? Worsened. New and worsened flavor, I would take (laughs) tell to me. So that's what you get. You also, there are other fun things we do. Uh, we occasionally do a, a live listening party where we yeah. listen with other people on who are Patreon subscribers to a live tall recording. We sometimes have had votes on merch. So it's an ongoing community. It's a lot of fun. And we highly recommend that you join. We invite you. We humbly invite you to join us on the Patreon and enjoy. And enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, catch a helpful red fungus, leap over the aggressively carnivorous plants, and hope you can collect enough gold coins for an extra life. Because it's time to talk tall to me. 
It's time to a duck tell to me. It's me, Ian. I can tell what you've been doing with your time. I am Omen Safe. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Moans. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A classic vintage video adventure in which Nick and I will leap from green pipe to green pipe, from the cheap, cheap lagoon of stand-up to the Bowser's Castle of Crest of a Knave. Nick and I will hopefully not fall off of the cliffs, and we will end up saving the princess of your ears, dear listeners, with the magic of prog rock. We start with an 8-bit side-scroller, work our way into 64 bits with polygons, dabble a little bit in some RPG, and then go full 3D when we hit JTEL.com. Is that the last level? Thickest Brook 2, maybe? I don't know. I think the last <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Welcome to War Child Week, the start of War Child. Yes. War Child, the song off of War Child. Very, we have officially leveled up from Passion Play to a new album. It's an exciting Tuesday. We've we've leveled out of the the concept albums and the we will still see some rough concept albums, but not the take your mushrooms and enjoy concept albums. That was not yeah. a Mario pun, although it turned out very <laughs> it worked. Yeah. That's right. I think we're still going to see concepts, but not yes. necessarily concept albums. Yeah, not not full 45-minute sides. Right. Yeah. And so it gets more expensive to do mushrooms because you have to take a mushroom every single song. It's yeah. just it's a lot. That's a lot, Nick. I'd, I'd worry about your, your physical health if that were the case. I, yeah, my liver, definitely. <laughs> so because we are starting a new album— Mm-hmm. We'll do we'll do a little dabble of of info and kind of sprinkle it throughout. I'm going to start with Ian's quote. Oh wait, hold on one second, Nick. Should we do a should we do a a history a his, button history sting a history sting? What we don't have one. What is it? What should we do? I think you could do like something off of Minstrel in the Gallery, music wise, and then you can have me be like. <laughs> It's a history lesson. <laughs> All right. I'll see what I can do. No, wait, wait. Let me try a different one. It's a me, your history teacher. In, in two years, when we're, we're still not done with this podcast, and we yes. play that sting, we're not going to remember the, the like, relevance at all. <laughs> what were we thinking? It doesn't matter. It's fine. No, it's great. I love it. I love it. Okay, drop sting in here. It's a me, your history teacher. It's a history lesson. Okay, so a bit of info from Ian Anderson about War Child. Quote, it's kind of okay. The big one on that was Bungle in the Jungle, which is a complete rebuild of a song from the Chateau tapes. Very much rewritten, but it used the reference of people behaving like their animals in the jungle. It was written to be a radio hit, and in America it nailed it. We got AM radio play, which opened us up to a much wider audience and brought a lot more people into the concerts. It had its moments. 
Richie Blackmore has a soft spot for that album for some reason. Classic self-deprecation. Yes, indeed. You have you have a quote as well, right? That's right, Nick. Um, in regards to the transition between Passion Play and this album, Ian said... Mm-hmm. When it came to doing the next album, it was obvious we had to record material oriented toward an onstage situation. Mm. So we had to revert back to short songs that we wouldn't have to cut up like Thick as a Brick or A Passion Play. Because with Thick as a Brick, for example, we had to take stuff and then play them as sort of songs. And they don't really work that way. Also, so Nick, I'm reading from the good book... A Passion Play, the story of Ian Anderson and Jethro Tull. And it says here, I don't know if you've seen anything about this, that Warchild had actually started its life as a film project. Yes. Yes, it which did. Which wasn't completed because of lack of funds, mm-hmm. but that the a lot of the songs were written to accompany the script. Would that we could find that script. Would that we could watch that movie. But well, yeah. unfortunately... The mushroom budget <laughs> doesn't allow for it. Yes, it it definitely that is that is one of the things. But I think I think they they may also have steered away because that was dabbling a little bit more into the territory of of concept album and and like sure. like he said, we couldn't we couldn't really play those on stage. And if you're if you keep putting out big thick concept albums you're kind of of you're eventually shooting yourself in the foot because you've you've got very limited new material to be playing when you tour that's right i mean you know the film aspect does remind me of what we referenced a couple of weeks back with the story of the hare who lost his spectacles uh-huh. the the film version of that that they apparently did play during their concerts but you know, and w- would we as as Tolkienologists like to see that film? Oh, my gosh, yes. Was it going to be a wise investment in the time? I can totally see why they ditched it. Yeah. Yeah, They. I think they pushed their luck with the two concept albums that they put out already. Right. So what we have here is an album which is, in on the one foot, a, a, co- a course correction from the two albums before mm-hmm. and also a collection in a way of some new stuff but some stuff which had previously been worked on and not put onto an album yet so it's it's a very interesting a little bit of a maj page but overall an album that I can't wait to get into Nick yeah it's it's a it's a recovery of lost time it's an attempt at recovery of lost time of of Stuff that doesn't have to go one hundred percent on the cutting room floor, you know. They tried to they tried to pick up where they left off, and gosh darn it, I like this album. And I know you've heard it probably every other episode, <laughs> but gosh darn it, I like this album. So, uh, just a little more historical context before we jump in. Yes, please. So this this came out in seventy four, and there was some drama over the last album obviously a passion play because i'm not sure if we actually mentioned this if we if we mentioned it during the history of a passion play but terry ellis 
during during the the kind of what's the the, the press tours and stuff for right. for Passion Play, and amid some of that negative reaction, mm-hmm. he announced in Melody Maker that the band would retire from live performances in response to negative reviews of the album and concerts. Turns out it was just a publicity stunt of which the band had no idea. And Can you imagine? Yeah, and Anderson felt it made them look petulant and brought the wrong sort of publicity. A little part of me wants to say that it it wasn't it wasn't initially supposed to be a, a publicity stunt, but when he got busted for it, he made it up. He said, "Oh yeah, but oh, it was just a stunt. I'm sorry, guys. It didn't work. It backfired." Mm. That's that's my thought. You you think they were actually going to stop touring? No, I think Terry Ellis thought he would be able to convince them to stop touring. Yeah, yeah, hmm. maybe. And when it backfired, he was like, "Oh yeah, it was just a publicity stunt. Sorry." Right. But regardless, when this album came out the band was obliged to do a lot of press conferences and say, listen, we're, we're going to keep touring. We're going to keep right. putting out albums. Terry Ellis had too many mushrooms that day. As, and... as Mark Twain said, the reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. I love him so much. You can quote him any day of the week, and I'll be <laughs> happy. And, and, and that's it. And That's right. Yeah. There we have it. There we have it. Uh, again, this is 74. This came out just a year after Passion Play. Omen, what's our lineup on this one? Same as it ever was. Same we as have it ever was, yeah. Ian Anderson on the flute, et cetera, and including, I, I believe, some of the, the, the Devil's Own Horn, mm-hmm. by which I mean the saxophone. We have Jeffrey Hammond Hammond on the bass, who had an excellent black and white suit, which matched his black and white base for these performances. Oh, is that that picture that we saw of him? I believe so, yeah. Oh, it was such a wacky suit. It's so good. We, we have the John Evans smash, mm-hmm. smashing it out on the organ. We have Barrymore Barlow, the 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 newest tall, Ite. And but at, th- at this point, this is album three for him. Right. So it's not that. True. Yeah, he's he's pretty seasoned. He lasts he's lasted longer than some of the other musicians. It's the only way to season an Englishman. Over time? With time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and we have Deep Palmer arranging the ever loving heck out of the strings yeah. on this album as we will see. Yeah. And who, who who am I missing, Nick? Oh. Uh Terry Ellis obviously. And how could I forget? Oh, Martin. Martin Lancelot Barr. Yeah. Be still my heart. So this, if anyone had any doubts as to my love for the strings of De Palmer in Tull. And I think probably a lot of people did have doubts about that, Nick, because you've never really mentioned them n- no, a thousand times. I've thought about it a lot. But this, this is why, because I, I and I thought about this on the drive into work while listening to War Child. This is why. This is my first Tall album. This was my first exposure to, to Dee's strings. So it makes total sense that, of course, I'm going to be inured to that. Mm, Dee's strings, that flute. I think, I think if I were sitting on a, on a couch in a, in a therapist, we, we, could, we could uncover that. would be like, so tell me, um, why do you like the strings? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's Dee Palmer. Ah, yes. That is exactly how therapists... Therapists still operate today, Nick. Tell me about the strings. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> so, without any further ado, Nick McGill, shall we dive into the very first track off of War Child? I would love nothing more than to what listen. Sort of, what sort of a track is it? What? Is it a titular track? It. You could call it that. I think I will. And you'd be correct in doing so. <laughs> War Child. Off of War Child. Let's have a War Child. Wing it. Nick McGill. Ah, Omen Sade. I... I can't be... I'm not surprised at how moved I am by this song. (laughs) But damn it, am I moved by this song. It is so good. It's so good. What a killer opening track for such a solid album. It is. You know, I I imagine you're speaking of being moved emotionally, but I, I found that I couldn't keep myself from, as the kids say, bopping out. Oh my god, the whole time. You you I'm sure you saw me rocking around in my, my four by four square uh sound booth here. Yeah. It was it was a positive sock hop up in there. It really was. There were socks and there were hops. <laughs> there was hopping. <laughs> in there were there were hops in my glass, there were socks in the drawer. That was uh also a Mark Twain quote, I believe. Yeah. Honestly yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it were, but Yeah. Okay. Like that. Omen. Yeah. Because you are nowhere near as biased about this album as I am, why don't you start? Just initial thoughts on this on this song. Ten out of ten, love it. So good, so catchy, so layered, mm. so. Uh, I I mean, just you know, I know that we said that we're out of the concept phase, but like, are we? No, no, we're out of the 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 album length concept, but we are in right. no way out of out of concept albums that's what i feel like we're, we're this is like a mini this is like a this is like a mini album in one song like this one song mm. could be a standalone whole thing that we could talk about for an entire podcast series mm-hmm. but you know the, the the different things that he's playing with the sound effects the sound of the bombing which we'll get into mm-hmm. in a minute here that contrasted with the just incredible arrangement not only not only of the strings by by d but also the 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 quintet there it all comes together in such a such i'm trying to i'm trying to think of things to say that aren't just like a string of superlatives but like <laughs> if if i were to come to you and say listen i want war sound effects i want people drinking tea i want some of the chunkiest best guitar martin bar does right. and a string quintet behind it all i would i would slap the drugs out of your mouth he'd be like and what put you are in you a, talking a cold about bath. yeah but and here it is you call poison control and say i don't know what he put what he had but but it can't <laughs> it can't be good after that he needs to throw up immediately <laughs> just to be clear we as feckless moms do not condone drug taking of any kind that's true i i, I do not partake and i do not watch you partake <laughs> 
Nick, let's get into some of those sound effects just because I, I think that we I can't resist it anymore. Sure. Yeah. Right. Right from the start. OK, so what do we actually hear? Let's break it down. We have the sound of a siren. Mm-hmm. We have the sound of a like an air raid siren. It's literally an air raid si- yeah. siren. We have the sound of anti-aircraft guns mm-hmm. and we have the, the sound of planes flying overhead yep. and what I believe to be bombs. Explosions, yeah. But that's that's not before we ha- we hear someone mixing a teacup with a teaspoon. The clinking that's, of the, that's the right. teaspoon. We, ha- we hear someone making tea and we mm-hmm. hear a female voice ask, Would you like another cup of tea, dear? And then I'm assuming it's Ian. Oh, interesting. I, I never thought of that. Seriously? Yeah. That's Ian's <laughs> voice. That's 100% Ian's voice. No, it totally makes sense. I mean, yeah. who else would they? They wouldn't, like, book a BBC actor just to do <laughs> one line. But I just never, it just always appeared to me in my head as, like, a character. That's so interesting. So the male voice says, uh, no. no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you <laughs> mine was it. Mine was Alan Rickman, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'd better go, actually. I'll be late for the office. <laughs> Wow, thank you, Mr. Rickman. <laughs> right, and then we have uh, so that kind of takes place as the war sounds are starting up, and then yeah. we conclude with a, a cacophony of war sounds. Historically speaking, I am convinced, especially given the English context, that this is a an oral reference to the London Blitz, the Blitz, yeah. which took place between 1940 and 1941, and it was when the 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 Luftwaffen, yeah, the German Air Force was bombing the heck out of London over the period of, of quite a long time. And so England and London specifically had to enact all these safety protocols, such as blocking out all lights, mm-hmm. having having blackout curtains, having blackout periods, that no one can be outside. And so it was this very, very kind of unified response to this, to this existential threat. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the times that we're going through, except that people right. actually did the things that the government was asking. Right. Yeah, so this is World War II. This is the Blitzkrieg. A Blitzkrieg is is just a a steady and merciless bombing to ensure swift victory. Right. Yeah. And because of the English unified response to it and the the and I think this is actually where the 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 thing that we see on t-shirts and posters all over the place now, which is. is keep keep calm and carry on. Mm-hmm came from yeah the british were just too unbothered <laughs> yeah yeah i mean by it, the whole thing to make it effective it, to it, make it effective for the german army it boils down to we'll get through this right yeah and that being said of course thousands of people lost their lives my aunt who is english was sent away to america during the blitzkrieg oh, which wow. is why 
I, my family to this day has such a strong connection with our English hmm. cousins because she and my dad grew up together for a period of years yeah. while Eng- England was being beaten up. Yeah. So contrasting the sounds of that war with the the really quotidian sound of this tea discussion, yeah, I think is a real tribute to that that moment in history. And and I believe a war child, the term a war child is someone who grew up in the war. I would imagine so. Yeah. Which Ian Anderson is not quite. No. No, he was He's a peace baby. He was, yeah, he was just a little bit after. Yeah, uh, 47. So yeah. the war would have been done for well, a couple of years. Two years? One, two years, yeah. Now, if this were an art piece, I would think, well, there it is. That's it. We have this lovely tribute to British stoicism and, and how, how, how nice. But, yeah. of course, this is Ian Anderson. But I, I just, even though he is not a war child, he would have grown up with those stories nonstop. He oh, would have heard absolutely. those stories all the time. Do you want a rock and roll guitar? When I was your age, I was cowering in the basement. We didn't have butter. We didn't have tea. We didn't have bread. We ate rubber until we had to give it to the soldiers, and we liked it. <laughs> and you want a wah pedal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me about your whammy bars. <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. So, so so yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 tea conversation mixed with the war, the banalities of war, basically yeah. the the everyday life, which then leads into our uh, the first instrumental sound that we hear, which is that saxophone that carried over from Passion Play, and and Ian just humming too. That really right, nice yes. humming comes in, yeah. Yeah, lovely um, humming. Yeah. Wow, Nick. Should mm-hmm. we should we should we start straight away talking about what it means, or should we go through some of the other sounds, the musicality of it? I think the the musicality hits at specific spots. So let's let's start an overall talk of it, and then work our way through. I think. Right. So Nick, you know that a couple other bands have songs called War Child. Oh, yeah, that the doesn't surprise me. Oh yeah, I like the cranberries a lot. I like dried cranberries. Those are just craisins. You're craisins. I'll take you down to that bright city mile, there to powder your feet, your sweet face, and paint on a smile. I'll take you down to that bright city mile, there to powder your sweet face and paint on a smile. Nick. Omen. We, this song is basically two stanzas of lyrics separated by the chorus, which is War Child Dance the Days and the Nights Away. Mm-hmm. So what do we have in this first stanza? It is I I did not I did not have an idea of a, a specific through line of a story about this song until literally this listen through and reading the lyrics so closely and it finally like struck me good timing i know perfect right it would have been worse if it was two listens from now yeah (laughs) (laughs) so this is the the narrator ian is the narrator speaking to someone 
bringing them down into the the city to get dressed up and dolled up for for selling for selling yeah i think this is about about prostitution oh interesting a little return to the cross-eyed mary territory i, I think so when you when when your country is being occupied by by an invading force what can you do you know think about think about the korean war well sure now now before you get too deep into this comparison yes. i, I yeah, just yeah. want to point out britain was not occupied no 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 i know that i know that but we don't we don't know for sure that this is a reference to world war 2 you know sure nick i think that for the first time in in talk tall to me history you have teased out a, a sexual theme which I have missed. Oh, wait, wait, wait! Let me set it up. Hey, Omen, this song. Yes. Do you know what this song is about? I, I, I don't really know. What do you? Sex. It's probably about like war. It's and, about sex. And sex. Omen. It's sex. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel good. You do it, and you seem to take like glee out of it. I, I just you seem, didn't feel great. That seemed for wrapped me. up in a lot of shame. I, <laughs> So tell me about the strings and then the sex. It's about the sex. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Good. Wow. So Nick. Yeah. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about your 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 sexy theory here. Mm-hmm. Um, sexy on so many levels. I, this has really caught me off off guard. I take I take pride in that actually. Yeah. Well, this, this is the first time for everything. <laughs> Right. Okay. So let's say that this is let's say this is a war context. Let's not necessarily say this is the Blitz. Right. Let's say this is a a warish type context, mm-hmm. and Ian is presenting the listener with the option of forgetting about one's pain for a little while, perhaps in the sweet embrace of someone who will make you forget. Oh, so he he is he is pimping. To the listener. Himself, perhaps. Oh, no, no, no. I see he's talking to someone else. He's talking to, like, his daughter or his wife or something. Oh, dear. Yeah. And that makes War Child even more poignant because who knows how long this country has been occupied and they have a they have a War Child that all that this kid can do is be be used in this way. I think this is dark. I think this is a really dark song. I think I think your mind is quite dark, Nick. <laughs> I, I I don't necessarily see it in such a strictly narrative way okay. as, as you're as you're offering it. I, I, I see where you're I see where you're getting that. Okay. But I think that maybe there's something about the child prostitution element to it that's that squigs me out a little bit. I call me call me crazy. And I think that this yeah. is more of a a metaphorical offering of song itself and perhaps art as a a night companion which can soothe the breast of the tired soldier which is the listener and in that sense is it not perhaps appropriate that after abandoning the path of these concept albums ian is saying all right you want more normal music well here it is i'm gonna yeah. paint it up like a french whore and yeah and street walk it out to you Okay. It's just a little bit of a dig at his at his audience. I I suppose that is highly possible because there are a few songs on this album that are 
are are very directly aimed at critics. You, you know, Nick, I like the works of Ian Anderson for the same reason that I like Campari. It's a little bit bitter. <laughs> and you never like it going down, but boy, afterwards you're like, yeah, I can do that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, <laughs> ooh, ah, ooh, oh. Oh, yeah, I see the appeal here. <laughs> yeah. I like your... I like your your theory, and I think it is bolstered by the fact that there is a bonus track called Mime Sequence. And I'm wow. guessing it was one of the songs that was meant to be the soundtrack for the, the, the movie. Yeah. And there to powder your sweet face and paint on a smile, a mime does that. As I know all too well, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. So... So I I I think that sounds more right. I think mine is 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 a is a dark young adult novel that you have to read in like eleventh grade English and nobody really likes it. You know what though? Now that you've pointed out the the possible sexual component of this, I, I can't I can't unsee it. I know. When it's... you join <laughs> my explosion and yeah. play with my games, uh huh. That's a bit sexy. Sure. When you join. Each day I'll die in my contentment and lie in your grave. Mm-hmm. Each night I'll die in my contentment and the lie high in your grave. You know, in French they call the orgasm le petit mort, the little death. The little ocean. Oh, what? <laughs> the little omen. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what the French call it, yeah. They were delighted to meet me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, dear, Nick. Oh, yes, you're right. Uh, You're right. Oh, dear, Nick. So, so I like. Oh, even let me dance in your teacup. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go. You, you. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just seeing. uh, Having, having finally put aside. Taken off my my sex goggles, Nick, for the analysis of Jethro Tull. You have to clean those every now and then. They're they're you've put them back on my face uh, with even more powerful lenses. Yep. Yeah i I want to stick with that theory, but I also really like the the secondary theory of him being like a performer in in a war torn city because of mime sequence because we have that further down the line. And we got to remember these pieces not only were so this album is basically the pieces from from the chateau that survived and the pieces from the film basically plus that that would have happened of, plus a couple of of tracks that were not included with Aqualung. Is that Oh, that's right. Lick your uh three finger mm, Yes. Third hurrah. Lick your fingers uh, clean. Two two fingers which was later yeah. entitled Lick your fingers clean. Yes, that's right. Yeah. But you know, I would have loved to know a little bit more about what the plot of this movie was because if this if this song was was tied into the plot, it would be very helpful in terms of analyzing it. There's one more thing that I want to talk about with this song. Mm-hmm. So there's this sense of 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 war, but I wonder if I, I get the sense, and I don't know how supported this is by the text necessarily, but I wonder if there's an element 
which is about the the sort of everyday brutality of our modern existence. Yeah, I I definitely got that. With the... you know the war of capitalism, mm-hmm. and, and and this is Pied Piper Ian offering us a, a respite from that for a moment. Yeah, especially and... with that opening sequence. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and you know, War Child danced the the days and danced the nights away. sort of sort of shows us somebody who even in these even if the in the, even in these extremely challenging situations and you know overall difficult times they're choosing to dance they're choosing to have fun mm. again quite apropos to our current global yeah situation correct we could we could all do with a little bit of a a sexy musical escape at this point i think just, I mean, you gotta listen to War Child. That's you gotta all. listen to Talk Tell to Me. That too. The sexiest musical escape, for sure. <laughs> so Martin's guitar in this. This is this is some of the heaviest stuff that we've heard since Aqualung. In terms of Martin's guitar, or in just general? in general, in general. But yeah. Martin's guitar really hammers that home. It's so good. It's he's got. It's so heavy in parts, but he's got some fun. Like deep, deep in the background, these little like funky little kind of he's holding the strings, so it's little chunky chunk chugs there. It's, mm, yes, it, the chunky chunk chugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a technique. It's a Spanish technique, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, and you know, it's we're not seeing on this track any of the flashy, flashy guitar playing that we saw on mm. Aqualung or anything like that. Yeah, but but it's there. It's like it's it's sublimated almost. It feels like it's. It's just growling beneath the surface, like yeah. a like a shark. Yeah, it's it's the guitar in aqua in yeah the guitar on that album is all very forward facing. Totally. There's a lot going on in this track. Even if you were to take out the sound effects, there's a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. You know what I noticed actually? I know that we said in the intro that that John Evan is on the organ but this is actually piano yeah he's got piano in here he later we hear him on the squeeze box at some point he, d- he does a young. lot yeah 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 not in this song but he's... I, I do feel like you know where where with aqualung martin barr's guitar was the sort of lead melodic instrument here it's it's john evan it's the piano hmm. Interesting, and i feel like yeah. that's that's a phase that we're in for for a while here yeah I think we're, we'll get piano and, and some more string. I think this is that this is the turning point for those. Yes. But do you now that I think about it? I imagine the only reason this album is so string heavy is because they expected it to be a part of a movie. You know, the soundtrack for a movie. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're fortunate that that even though we're fortunate that they had the idea to do the movie in the first place. Absolutely. Still because got then those album, if they hadn't, this album wouldn't necessarily exist. Yeah. Or wouldn't certainly exist in this form. I mean, I do think that just listening to it, it is very easy to, to visualize images along with it. You know, it, it yeah. has a, it has a cinematic quality to it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I after ever since since fig, since reading that it was supposed to be part of a movie, I've I'm I'm thinking and rethinking about all the track names and even those those lost bonus tracks that are on the still Steve Wilson remaster that that's the, a lot of the bonus tracks that we're going to be covering later trying right. to figure out if we can get just a rough semblance of, of you're suggesting that we purchase a video camera and like a 1997 video camera and reverse engineer a film just going off of the evidence of this album like like archaeologists putting together a mayan temple yeah or or rebuilding a dinosaur based on just a jumble of bones right yeah and you know like paleontology the results would Almost certainly be wrong, but <laughs> would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and we'd be really proud of ourselves. We'd be very proud, yeah. and you know, it would it would attract visitors to the museum. Mummy, mm-hmm. I want to see the Telosaurus again. <laughs> we saw that last week. <laughs> it's time to go see the Led Zeppelin. Is it is Noel Felding the mummy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Goodness me, Nick. Final note, just if you can't wait, get to the second sting of the chorus, War Child Dance the Days. That's when the strings come in. They are sweeping and dramatic, almost, almost overly dramatic. They're sweet. They're soft and supple, just the way I like them. Sorry, Nick. I left for about ten minutes. Are you done talking about did, the strings? Did you? I just came back. It's a lot of. There's a lot of sweat in this sound booth. I need. I need to. Um, I, I need a shower. So, Nick, I have a. I have a question for you. Yeah. If this song was an unexpected birthday present from a distant uncle. What unexpected birthday present would it be? It would be. It would be an antique, like bayonet, from. Oh. From, I guess they didn't really have bayonets in World. I mean, they might have had bayonets sure in World, had. like a, a like a boot knife or something from World War Two. I think. Yeah. Yeah. With us. With a sexy lady drawn on it. Yeah, right, right. Uh, very poorly drawn. Something or that, a sexy man. I mean, to each their own. To, to, a, knife, a knife's got two sides. That's what I always that's say. That's true. That's a, <laughs> another Mark Twain quote. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something that you're like, you wouldn't go out of your way to get, but you're really like, no, I th- thank you. This is This means a lot to me. Great, yeah. Yeah. Well... Nick, anything more to say about this track? I like I said in the beginning, it is a killer way to start this album, and I think after having listened to it this morning on on the drive to work, there is so much variety in this album, but every one of the songs is so strong, and I'm I just I'm yeah. so excited to get started on this one. I I am too. You know, I loved doing Thick as a Brick. I loved doing Passion Play. I'm so freaking stoked for War Child. Yeah. Sorry, Nick, can, I, can I say? Can I say frickin' on the podcast? Yes, you can also say stoked. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's the those two those two albums were a lot of fun to cover, but it's gonna be nice to get back into the swing of single pieces again. Yeah. Yeah. 
because we, like the plebeian hordes of the 1970s, just want a song that you can listen to while you brush your teeth. Yep. Yeah, that that was the most common demand of, of rock bands of the era. <laughs> I just want to brush my teeth. I don't brush my teeth for 45 minutes. Look, <laughs> my gums are bleeding. <laughs> Got blisters on my gums. <laughs> All right. I think that's enough of that. Well, Nick, what do we have to look forward to brushing our teeth to next week? Next week, we actually have our our Anglo correspondent sting. It is Queen and Country. Oh, how mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, while you are waiting for us to talk Queen and Country and all things Jethro Tull next week, mm-hmm. why don't you peacefully make your way over to Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. and softly give us five stars and gently give us a review about how pacifist we are. I lost it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a good run. Uh, yeah, I ran out. I ran out of synonyms. <laughs> Wait a minute, I had one. Wait. Yep. Poop, 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 poop. This is my thinking cursing. I had. I have to get it back. Uh, oh, you don't have to. You don't have. Mm. <laughs> you don't have to. Mm. There's no specific time of day that you must. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm almost there. I'm almost there, Nick. It's like watching any time. It's like watching a chimp <laughs> figure out how to use tools. <laughs> any time is a good time to support the Talk Tall to Me podcast. You can review the night. And star the day away. Keep calm and rate on. (laughs) Until next week, I am Miraculously Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, come in, uh, Mr. Mr. McGill. You can sit on this couch here, and uh, and just just relax. And I'm going to uh, we're going to talk about some things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for seeing me so soon, Doctor F. I, I appreciate it. Of course, of course. So I'm going to say a couple of words, and okay. you just say the first thing what comes to your mind. Yeah. Okay. It, can, it doesn't. It can be anything. Okay, there's no there's no right or wrong answer. I oh, just... no, 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 no. Okay. It is called free association because the association is free, unlike my treatment. Yes. Yeah. All right, all right. You feeling relaxed? Uh, yes. The, the, oh, the massage is nice. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay, so, ready? Yes. Volkswagen. Um, Rabbit. Good, good. Just try to relax, yeah. Okay, I'm, I panicked uh, a little bit. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, it's fine. The first time, first time is scary. Wiener uh, Schnitzel. Oh, uh, it's definitely mom. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Your mm-hmm. your mind is so open and active. Um, 
a proud member of. Oh, talk told to me for sure. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Good. Good. Just one more. Proud member of the Feckless Mom's audio network. I'll bill you. <laughs> 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 You went from slightly German to dangerously racist Asian. <laughs> it's not a good accent. <laughs>